All right, buddy, it's your Breakdown Reaction Podcast here on the DK Sports Network for the Pittsburgh Steelers. They have just lost to the Cleveland Browns in Week 17. They finished the season at 12 and score, 12 and four. The final score of this game was 24 to 22. The Browns won. I'm here, Chris Carter, with Tom Reed, and we're breaking down this game. Tom, this was a game that the Browns absolutely needed to have, and if they lose it, they're most likely out of the playoffs. They found a way to eke out this win, but. You watched you watched this game from beginning in, just like the rest of us. What were your feelings as you're seeing them, you know, trying to hold on to that lead in the second half? Well, you you almost could feel the weight of history uh, leaning on them. Uh, you know, it's been twenty or it's been eighteen years, seventeen years, really, whatever. I always hate when we're right at the New Year's Eve thing. Uh, since two thousand two, they have not made the playoffs, and it was really funny at the end of the game. I was thinking when they made the playoffs in two thousand two. They made it on a goal line stand at the end of the game in a 24 to 16 game, which was right the same way. And they ended up making one final play on the two point conversion uh, that allowed them to get home and and win this game. Uh, You know, but from a Steelers standpoint, I'm sure that they're very happy with given how many guys that weren't playing, no Roethlisberger, no Pouncey, no TJ Watt. Uh, you know, a couple other guys came out. And then as the game went on, you saw them you saw them pull guys out of the game. I think Mike Tom, and I don't know, we, we don't know at this point what he said. My guess is he's thrilled with the effort uh, because the way the game started out, it looked like the Browns might uh, go run away with it, but mm-hmm. they made the Browns earn it. And I think the Steelers will feel very good going back to Heinz Field next week when these two teams play again. Yeah, to let y'all know how fresh this is, we're literally doing this during all the press conferences. So, yeah. you know, all, all the things with Mike Tomlin, Dale and Dayon, they got that. And the morning job will cover that. But this is your immediate reaction right here. We're getting we're getting all the hard-hitting stuff right here out of, out of the way. But you're right. The story of the game coming into this was how many Steelers would play. When you consider... When you consider all the guys who played who didn't play in this game, Marquise Pouncey didn't play, uh, Ben Roethlisberger didn't play. Uh, we already knew Devin Bush, Bud Dupree; those guys have been out for for quite some time. Cam Hayward didn't play. Joe Hayden didn't play. Eric Ebron didn't play. Terrell Edmonds didn't play. Chris Boswell didn't play. And, and what's funny, Chris Boswell didn't become a factor because Matthew Wright actually hit his field goals, which I think is a very good sign for the Steelers. If they need him in the playoffs, he can hit 40-plus yard field goals, which is really all you needed from him. Um, but the, the fact that you had Mason Rudolph, who also switched off uh, who switched off uh, some plays here and there with Josh Dobbs. The fact that you had Mason Rudolph come in, throw for 315 yards, two touchdowns, did have a, a rough interception, which was really the, the, the biggest mistake he made all, all game. Um, you did that against a team that was fighting for their playoff lives. Um, I think you're right. Mike Tomlin is not going to go in there and yell at the team for this loss. No, I, and I think Mason Rudolph will leave here. Obviously, being the competitor he is, He's going to certainly focus on the interception and a play where he would love to have back. He kind of panicked there and just threw the ball right to the Browns defender. And that gave them the chance to get the two score lead, which they eventually clawed back in. But that was the only really major mistake he made. He, you know, he had trouble getting them in the end zone early in the game, but I think he walks away from this game, which of course we all know what the coming into the game, the whole sideshow with with what with went on last year with Miles Garrett. But I think we talked about this on Morning Java last week too. This was a game where he wanted to atone for 
his worst performance here in mm-hmm. Cleveland. This is where mm-hmm. his his kind of role as a backup was jeopardized last year. Yeah, uh, because the you know he ends up t- turning that role over to the duck to duck as the season went on. Uh, I think he walks away here thinking he threw the ball pretty well. He made a couple of nice passes. You know, they get down by two scores. He brings them right back in the game. Made some really nice plays. And, boy, I'll tell you who I think leaves this game feeling really good about himself is Chase Claypool. Mm. I thought Claypool played really well, um, made some really nice catches. Um, I think he feels, you know, I, I he had started so well, Chris, this season. And I thought he kind of just kind of hit a wall there for, you know, four or five, six-week stretch. He wasn't doing much. Uh, last week kind of got back into it. And I thought really, really played well today. Made some really nice catches. Uh, his confidence should be going. And so should Deontay Johnson's. I thought Deontay made a couple of nice plays. So those receivers, I think, will go into the playoff game feeling pretty good about themselves. Yeah, you're right. I mean, Claypool finished five catches, 101 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Johnson, three catches, 96 yards. Juju Smith-Schuster, six catches, 65 yards, and a touchdown. Um you know, you you. I think you got to feel confident. Your top three guys playing like that with a backup quarterback. Um, and again, no, no, you know, no starting tight end, no, uh, you know, no starting center. Uh, you know, and and everything, and of course, no starting quarterback. You're, you're. I think you're, you're looking at that, and you're feeling confident about that. I think another guy that deserves to feel really confident about his performance after this game is Alex Highsmith. He led the Steelers in tackles with nine. He had a sack, um, and uh, Stephon Tuitt's sack in the game, which was his eleventh on the season. Um, was really caused by the pressure coming from Highsmith. Um, you know, he still has to clean up things about his game, but for a rookie, he's playing extremely well, filling in, uh, especially, you know, doing so, you know, behind a guy who had eight sacks in 10 games in Bud Dupree. I agree with every word you just said. And the other thing, as far as feeling good about uh, their game, I, I think Mike Tomlin and, 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 and Butler, Keith Butler, will walk out of here thinking very good about the, the, the thought that they can get pressure on on Baker Mayfield. Some of those scrambles that he had in this game, including the last play, mm-hmm. will end up in sacks next week. Yeah. Uh, because, he, you know, with T.J. Watt coming from the other side, he's not going to be able to, to kind of get out of some of the plays that he got out of today. Um, and then, of course, with, with, with Cam Haywood there yeah. in the middle, uh, I think that, uh, you know, some of those – Two or three times today, I noticed that that some of those r- scrambles and good for Baker Mayfield. I mean, he mm-hmm. made he made the plays, but I don't know, think know if those go for 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 good carries uh, going forward. And the other thing I, I the other thing I think about in this game, you know, we were just singing the praises of the field goal kicker. God, if I'm the Browns, I might try. I might think about trying to yeah. sign that guy off the practice squad. Yeah, the fact the Browns did not even try that field goal, uh, and and they knew and you know they didn't try it because they knew the guy couldn't make it. But you're in week 17, and you're fighting for your playoff lives, and they did not even try a 51-yard field goal. Just tells you how they have no confidence in, in Parkey and going into a playoff game. And that is, uh, and we all know that, that that that's not an easy place to kick in Heinz Field. So that's another thing to think of next week if the game is close. No, you're absolutely right there. Also, ba- Baker Mayfield going 17 of 27 for 196 and a, tu- and, and a touchdown, no interceptions. Uh, not the most confident performance from your quarterback when you're facing a defense that was sitting a lot of people and and you thought you thought that this was the week where, hey, you start to light it up, you build some confidence going into next week. And, and they got the win, Tom, and a win is a win in football. But, 
if I'm the, if I'm the Browns, and we'll get to this in the in the third set. If I'm the Browns, I'm a, I'm a little nervous about the fact that uh, I, I that was I I took that was my best shot against these guys, and you only won by two. Uh, so that's uh, that's a little nerve wracking. We're gonna be right back after this. We got more to talk about. I want to look specifically at the quarterback play in this game because I think it means a lot for both teams moving forward. Right after this. Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Back here on the Reaction Breakdown podcast of the Steelers on DK Sports Radio. I'm Chris Carter. He's Tom Reed. Tom, I want to look at the quarterbacks specifically because we saw Baker Mayfield in this game. The first the first drive of the game, Nick Chubb breaks off a 47-yard touchdown run. He finished this game 14 carries for 108 yards and a touchdown. But it seemed like the Browns were trying to make a point with Baker Mayfield being able to throw the ball. I mean, he made plays that were in front of him. He also ran six times for 44 yards, but 17 of 27 for 196 and a touchdown. And again, against a team that was missing several pieces and resting other people and managing snap counts. And we saw lots of J. Roan Elliott and Chris Wormley and uh, Isaiah Bugs, who hadn't even played. And he looked horrible in this game, in my opinion. He also got to that, that little tiff with Carlos Davis, the, the rookie um, on the sideline, which was really weird. Uh, but to me, I look at this as for Baker Mayfield, and he gave that post-game little speech after you know to CBS after the game was over, and he was like pumped up and sizing and, and jumping around. And it's like, I get it. You're excited. You made the playoffs, and you got that monkey off your back. But I'm still alarmed if I'm going into next week. Yeah, I, I think some of it – I think we – and we, we mentioned this earlier that the Steelers – and you just mentioned it now. The Steelers are going to have – uh, their their A squad out for this game, although we don't know what the availability of Joe Hayden is going to be, yeah. whether he will be able to play. He's one of the COVID guys. Whether he is uh, he's out or not, I, I think there's a strong chance he's going to miss the game. Yes. Um, uh, you know, it's a, it's a hard one for me to judge. I agree. I tend to agree with you. I, I think again, we. I, I I think the Steelers feel very will feel very good about going into this game. I do think that maybe the Browns loosen up a little bit uh, because of the loss to to the Jets last week. This put on a lot of pressure on them, and I think they will go into this game in Pittsburgh thinking they're playing a little bit with house money now. Maybe they'll relax a little bit and make some plays. And I will say the one drive that was very impressive by Baker was when the early, I think late in the third quarter, or or, or I think it might have been their second drive, when, when the Steelers responded and you could tell momentum had swung, they were able to make that one long drive down the field that was to me was very impressive. I think Mayfield maybe may have completed four or five passes uh, he'll feel good about that, but I do know what you're saying that 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 was not a you know a a, a, a game where on a normal week under normal circumstances you would come out of there feeling great about him. 
Uh, I do grade it a little bit on the curve just because of what was riding on the line mm-hmm. and who you're playing. So, again, maybe he'll be a little more loose and the Browns will be a little more loose next week. But at the same time, like we said earlier, he's not going to get away with some of those standing back in the pocket like he did. And the other thing I thought was interesting, you think about the first couple drives of the game. Uh, it looked like a seven-on-seven seven scrimmage out there, didn't it? I mean, the Browns or the Steelers mm-hmm. were getting no pressure. Mm-hmm. Once they started to get a little pressure, then the game got a little sideways on Baker and, and the Browns. Uh, and, and again, we, as we said, the, none of their, their big guys in there, they weren't Mike Hilton, played very sparingly, it seemed like. He didn't come with, with corner blitzes. We kind of figured it would be kind of vanilla, but they still were able, as you mentioned in the first segment, with High Smith and Tuitt getting in there and getting home on sacks. So you just I think the, the Steelers probably will feel pretty good about going in next week's game thinking they know – ways that they can get to Mayfield. And they certainly did in the first game. If we if we think back to October or whenever that was, I don't even think Mayfield finished that game. He was playing with some bad ribs and I don't, you know, he got knocked around pretty good in that game. So uh, I mean that that yeah, that was the game they benched him early in the fourth quarter when they, he was getting beat up. Uh Cam Hayward hit him with a sack and you know landed on his ribs and it was just like oof. I, I remember that hit. I remember watching that hit and I was just like that was that was nasty. Um but, but, yeah, I mean, you feel better that he finished the game and everything. But like you said, I mean, you look at it, there was really one touchdown drive. There was a long touchdown run at the start of the game, a punt, a field goal, sure. um, a punt, a turnover on downs, another punt, that, that touchdown drive. And then they did capitalize on the interception. I thought that was really important. Uh, but, you know, I think another thing about that is uh, you look at that, that you know, I, I think another one of the clear examples of where the Steelers were lacking this game and where you won't see these, these same mistakes. Isaiah Bugs left untouched on that on that jet sweep reverse that they scored the touchdown to Jarvis Landry on. Uh, he just he whiffed like he stood still like he didn't know what to do. And then the guy ran by him. Cam Hayward's not making that mistake. He he might he might no. not just get not just get a tackle. He get a tackle for loss, maybe even a forced fumble back there. Um, I just I look at this and I'm like, eh. You know, you're a little nervous there. But on the, on the flip side, the talk all week had been this was a redemption game for Mason Rudolph, not just because of the Browns, but because of how last year went. Last year, Mason Rudolph was performing serviceably until the uh, until the Ravens game where he got knocked out by Earl Thomas and he was out before he even hit the ground. And then he came back. He was kind of shaky here and there. And then he had the game against the Browns where he played horribly. And then Miles uh, Miles Garrett hits him over the head. And then even after that, he gets he comes out. They, they kept him in, in, in for the next week. He plays horrible against the Bengals, gets benched for, for, for Duck Hodges. He comes in, wins them a couple games. They bring Mason Rudolph back against the Jets. And then he breaks his collarbone in that game. But, I mean, this, this guy was like Charlie Brown. For, for pretty much all of 2019, he just everything bad that could be bad that happened to him kept happening to him. And for me, this game was the okay, can you show the confidence? Because, and, and I, I tweeted this out early in the game a lot of times I've seen Mason Rudolph do like the cool thing on the sideline where he winks at the camera or he's he seems like he's psyching up his teammates. And it's like, okay, you're showing me on the sidelines and you're showing me off the field that you're really confident. But then I don't see it on the field because he he doesn't he wouldn't trust going through his progressions. And I still think that's his biggest weakness, Tom, is that he doesn't trust when he has to come off his first read. He is very good at pre- and I said this in college. He is very good at seeing the first snap, for the first read, identifying where the weakness should be in the, in the look that he's getting. But if the defense takes that first read away, you see him get happy feet, 
You see him not sure about who to turn to, and, and that and that becomes a problem. But in this game, when the Browns gave him one-on-ones deep down the sideline, and he knew he had a guy, he was taking the shot, and I saw good confidence from there. That's the kind of stuff you want to see from your backup quarterback. Oh yeah, and I think you 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 raise a great point there. He he put he you, we saw it a couple times. Even sometimes it didn't work. I, I think of the one to his former teammate in college, James Washington, where he yeah. just throws it up there and says, "All right, big boy, go make a play." Uh, there was another play on the other sidelines to cl- chase Claypool earlier uh, before they before he scored the touchdown. That uh, it was the same thing. Here, I'm going to give it to you. You remember it was almost like uh, Claypool had Mitchell boxed out like a, a in, in basketball, and he just wa- Mitchell was able to get his hand in there and, and jar the ball loose. But yeah, it was a couple times where you just and that's what you want you to see your quarterback have faith in the receivers uh, that it, either you catch it or it's probably going to be knocked away uh, for an incomplete pass. I agree. I, I again, he just he made one bad throw, and then of course, and we talk about this all the time in in, in sports or in football. I should say, you know, you know, you just you don't want to settle for field goals, and they did that in the first half, right? There are a couple of drives that got down there, and they turned potential touchdown drives into field goals. Uh, and you know, backup quarterback hasn't played all year, right? Maybe, maybe you should, maybe you can expect that. And again, again, not really much from the running game, although it was a I little also- better today. I also it, it was a little bit better. I think that they they kept switching things off because they wanted to get different looks. I mean, Connor went nine nine for thirty seven, not bad. Um, you know, yeah, that, that that's that's pretty good actually. Uh, when you consider what what you know what they've been doing this year, I thought the option with Dobbs was interesting. He had two for twenty, and uh, Anthony McFarlane went five of seventeen, which was meh. But um, I, I thought that, but I thought part of the field goal decisions wasn't just for game. I legit think they were like, all right, these are some forty plus yard field goals. We need to see if this guy can hit it because if Boswell's out, I need to know that if we get stopped at the 25, no, point, Chris, if I, if, right. Cause if I get stopped, if I'm like Tom and I know I get stopped at the 25 against the Browns next week or the bills in, in the divisional round or the chiefs in the championship game, you know, if I get stopped, I need to know that if Boswell's not playing, this guy can go hit him. And now we saw, I mean, and he hit those two, he, I think both of them were 46 yards. He hit them right down the middle, yeah. very calmly. Now, granted, this is not a playoff situation. This is, you know, but, that's showing me, hey, I can put my guy out there and he can make a make a kick or two. Yeah, and, and let's let's be honest with you. When, in, in, in his situation, those might as well be playoff kicks, right? Because that's what the you know he's 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 not just trying to be, make the playoffs; he's trying to get a job in the NFL. So every kick is a playoff kick for him. Uh, and he came through. You're absolutely right. Two shots, forty six yards, right down the middle. Um, and uh, yeah, they'll have confidence in him, and he's probably helping himself. Uh, again, if if teams need need a kicker here somewhere down the line, those those were, those were pressure kicks for him, and he did a nice job on them. All right, we're gonna take one more quick break, and when we come back, we're gonna talk about the thing that everyone's about to talk about, Tom, for the next six days: the fact that these teams are playing next week. Right after this. on the Reaction Podcast on the Steelers for DK Sports Radio. Breaking it down after the Steelers' loss to the Browns is myself, Chris Carter, and Tom Reed. Now, again, Tom, everybody in th- that followed the Steelers knew this game didn't mean a whole lot. Even if the Dolphins found a way to beat the Bills, which they didn't, they got schmacked. Um, 
But even if they found a way to beat the Bills, people weren't too concerned about being the two seed because it doesn't get you a bye this year. It just means you're playing the seventh seed. And with how jumbled up this year was going to be, who who cared? You, you couldn't go into this game thinking, okay, if we lose here, we play this team. If we win here, we play that team. The Steelers had to be most concerned about resting your players, which they did, and making sure that they come out of this unscathed, with it, which it seems like they mostly did. Um, and... Now you get to play the Browns this upcoming week. Ben Roethlisberger finally got the week off that you've always wanted. Um, you got to rest Marquise Pouncey, your veteran. You got to rest Cam Hayward. Uh, you know, like, like you said, I don't think Joe Hayden's going to be back next week. He tested positive, so unless something crazy happens, he will not play in this next game. But I feel like there should be some confidence in the secondary because – they didn't. They, I mean, they they didn't have Terrell Edmonds either out there. And like you said, it looked like Mike Hilton wasn't playing a whole lot. And they still found ways to contribute um, across the board. So um, and, and limit the Browns in, in the you know in the passing game. So I'm going into this game this game, Tom, feeling really good if I'm the Steelers because I you, again I barely lost by two to you on the road while resting everybody. You absolutely needed this game. We absolutely didn't. If I'm the Steelers, and now. You get to come to Heinz Field, and you got to go through all the starters coming off that rest. Yeah, uh, you know, I think both of us in our predictions picked the Browns. Mm-hmm. I, I was actually a little bit more confident. I think I picked them by ten, and I felt pretty good about that pick early in the very early in the game. <laughs> when, when Nick Chubb broke off that run, I was like, mm, "This might, this might get ugly." But um, right, but but but, but, but I would ahead. turn that around now. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I'd pick the Steelers by ten, but I, I certainly. Uh, like you said, we'll wait and see if everyone comes through the game healthy. And and goodness, we you know we all have to wait and see COVID. how the COVID tests yep. go this week. But you know, all things being equal, uh, yeah, you have to the the Steelers have to be would have to be the favorite in this game, uh, just based on the performance you saw today. And then again with the guys coming back, um, and uh, you know we we talk about it a lot. Uh, in every year when this game comes up, but just uh, just the Browns' inability to win in Pittsburgh. And this was a year, of course, where everything – the home field hasn't certainly has not meant as much. I think we talked about this on Morning Java where, there, mm-hmm. where it was close to like 500. But you know what? With no fans in there, Cleveland came in and got – walloped again by the Steelers this year and 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 now there's talk there will be fans at this game because of Pennsylvania lifting its rules um just this this past week so there's talk that there could be fans in the stands for this game um I think that that could that could play a factor but I I, even without the fans the Browns having to come to Pittsburgh and the Steelers what you want to say no, go ahead. Go ahead. Finish your thought. Uh, but, but the Browns having to come to Pittsburgh and the Steelers feeling the way they do after this game. And, and, and they don't like that they let this game up. They wanted to win this game. Like There's no there's no slouch about that. The Steelers, with the players they had, still wanted to win. It wasn't like they said, okay, Browns, we're going to give this to you because we will play you next week. Even though a lot of people in the Steeler Nation were thinking that, like, please give us this same team next week. Um, I, the Steelers got to be hungry. And for me, the biggest determiner is going to be the same thing it's been all season. Can Ben Roethlisberger go into this game, be competent, make the throws that are there, and don't make the big mistakes? And if he does what he did in the second half of the Colts or in the first 10 games of the season, I think the Steelers walk away with this one easily. Yeah, you know, and I think one of the we were talking a little bit the last segment about uh, the receivers getting open and, and Mason Rudolph making the throws and just letting them go up for the ball. 
that has been a weakness all year for the Browns, and there's nothing they're going to be able to do. Uh, Denzel Ward, their fine defensive back, he's probably also going to miss the game. We mentioned Joe Hayden. Uh, Denzel Ward probably won't be there next week, and that's a big blow. That's yeah. not a good secondary. It's not a good linebacking core, and that has been their Achilles heel all season. And, uh, you know, this is why – I think from a Brown's perspective, getting to the playoffs is terrific. I think when we started this year, you and I, I said eight and eight would be great for them. They have overachieved, uh, t- mm. taking advantage of the schedule, of course, like all the teams did in this division. Uh, but I really think that, that before the Browns are going to go any further, uh, they're going to have to retool their defense. And I think you just go after those linebackers and go after that secondary next week. And if, if you're Ben Roethlisberger, maybe trying to come off that Colts game, that second half of the Colts game, yep. there are plays to be made as long as you can protect him. And yep. it, wasn't it interesting? Wasn't it interesting there at the end of the game? And we, we, we talk about, let's, let's, let's back up one thing. We, we said the Steelers came through this game pretty good health-wise. Olivier Vernon yeah. cut it off. Yeah, that was scary. I saw that, and I was like, uh-oh. Uh, because and, and really, he's been the guy stepping up in Miles Garrett's absence. Nine sacks. Uh, nine yeah. sacks. And maybe, I don't know if today was number nine or if today was number 10. But And then at the end of the game, Chris, wasn't it odd that Miles Garrett wasn't was barely on the field? Yeah, and they and the CBS broadcast team they were saying they were that the, the Browns were managing his snaps. I get managing your snaps, but again, this was this wasn't they didn't have the liberty of doing what the Steelers were doing. If right. they lose that game, they're out of the playoffs. And well, it, so- it, yeah, it, I think it, you know what I think it it goes to it speaks to how you know again for our for our, for our listeners here. He had co- he he had COVID. He had it really bad. Yeah. Was going to a a breathing specialist. Uh, the fact that he could not be on the field at the end of the game or very very few snaps tells you that he's really really still struggling with this. And uh, you know to 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 him being probably playing at sixty five percent. And I can't imagine you know just seeing that injury to Olivier Vernon. He may not be playing next week. Yeah, it, uh, it, when and, you get carted off, it's it's gonna it's that'd be a, that'd be a miraculous recovery. And if he is, even if he does recover, you have to think that you know he might be you know that that you got to be thinking about that injury going into that game. Uh, and, and a terrific player Vernon has been in his career. Um, that's definitely scary uh, on on that part uh, for the Browns. So you're right; they they have some concerns on their end. And, and again, like you said, you know when you're looking at how this game ended up, the Steelers needing. The needing to get make this game close, they needed two touchdowns. Uh, they don't. They also needed a two point conversion at some point, but they needed two touchdowns. They got them on yeah. with four fifty left. Uh, or no, I'm sorry. Uh, with I think with with ten oh seven with, with oh, no with four fifty left. Sorry, no, I'm looking at the wrong. No, with with ten oh seven left, they get the ball and uh and and they're able they're able to um they're able to get a touchdown and then with three thirty seven left, they drive the ball in two minutes and get another touchdown. And to me. The fact that you ended this game with two touchdowns and and those being touchdown passes from from Mason Rudolph, again, that's concerning if I'm the Browns because those were the drives you needed to stop. Those were the drives you needed to keep the yeah. defense out. Now, again, like you said, they held they held up on that two point conversion, even though you know Chase Claypool. I have to wonder if if, if the, the the next week's officiating crew is going to let the same kind of uh, mugging go that they did in this game. But um, that that's concerning for me. And again, if I'm Ben Roethlisberger. 
after the way you played against the Colts in the second half last week, you got to look at this and say, Chase Claypool's going strong. Deontay Johnson's going strong. Juju Smith-Schuster's going strong. I got my arm rested. I'm ready to go. You throw the ball down the field. You test this secondary that was getting carved up by Mason Rudolph. I think he at least connected on three or four big throws down the field. That's where I'm looking if I'm Ben, and that's what has to define this next game. If Ben hits the passes down the field, I don't think the Browns even stand a chance in this next game. It's going, it would be, it would put them behind early. It would ask Baker Mayfield to step up and make big throws, and then you're, get, I think you get a whole bunch of other turn, a whole bunch of turnovers contributing to this game. Yeah, I mean, I, I like we said with the combination of 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 that secondary, and if you don't have a pass rush again, if Vernon is not be able to play. And Garrett is not at 100%. I don't think he – he may have been in on one. I don't think he was in on any of the sacks today. Uh, that, the that's that, that's going to be that's going to be a hard road for them unless you know Ben makes some mistakes and, and turns the ball over. Yeah. You know the, the Steelers should find some joy down the field. Yeah. And I agree. If they, this is a game where you want to to test that secondary and go down the field, uh, you know you you have to think you, they're going to be able to put some points on the board. Yeah, so yeah, you're right. Olivier Vernon had the only sack for the Browns in the day. Uh, Miles Garrett didn't even register a quarterback hit in this game, which is pretty wild. So um, that that's got to be alarming. But uh, but buddy Tom, we finished the regular season at picking all the games. You uh, you Dale and myself, we all picked the Browns. We finished the season at twelve and four, all tied for first place. Bringing up the rear in last place. Are, is DK and Ramon Foster both sitting at uh, uh, eleven and five? I know. I'm sorry. We're thirteen and three, not twelve and four. We're thirteen and three. They're eleven and five. We're two games up on those guys. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't like. I, I, I'm I'm humble enough to take my victory laps quietly and walk around the bases. <laughs> I feel like flipping a bat on them because we're in first place. <laughs> there you go. Then we'll have to. We'll, we'll continue it next week. Don't we? We'll, we'll, don't forget. We we if the Steelers keep winning here, we'll we'll have to keep picking. So you can hang a regular season champs banner. Yeah, that's what we do. Regular season picks champs. And there we go right there. And then the thing is, is that technically, if we just pick the Steelers games, all you got to do is keep picking the Steelers to win, and then the guys who are in last place can't catch you because they're two games back. That's how you cheat the system, right there, Tom. <laughs> there you go. But ah. Tom, thanks so much for doing this. It's been a great talk here. We've got all the great coverage for you coming to DKPittsburghSports.com. We got Dale Brick you know, with his gamer. We got Dayon who was on site as well. They're going to be breaking it down. Ramon Foster is going to be writing for Tuesday for his on the line feature. I've got Carter's classroom coming in the middle of the week. Tom's going to be writing all the different things. He's got his, he's going to have a great feature lineup for next week. And also, you should go back because it's even more relevant now. He did his uh, his in-depth feature on the Steelers-Browns in the last playoff game that they played. And now it's even more relevant because they're about to play again for the first time since 2003. So go back and read that. Read all the things we've done on DKPittsburghSports.com. It's a great place to be. We'll have more for you right on the DK Sports Radio Network very soon. <laughs>